Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Welcome to the Great Woman in Compliance podcast with Lisa Fine and Mary Shirley. I'm Mary, and today I'm very pleased to have Krista Muzak on the call with me to present this episode to you. We are sponsored by Corporate Compliance Insights, and you can find more of our episodes on that website, as well as the latest and greatest in compliance news. You can also find other podcasts that feature compliance themes and other episodes that are also on the Compliance Podcast Network, as ours is. Hi, Krista. Welcome to the podcast. You are one of the friendliest and bubbliest people in compliance, so it's such a great pleasure to have you on the show. Please tell us about yourself. Oh, hi. Hi, Mary, or if I can say something in New Zealand, kia ora, Mary. Oh, very good. Um, I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Hopefully I said that right. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me today on your podcast. I have been a frequent listener of Great Women in Compliance, and actually I'm a re-listener as well. Sometimes your guests and topics resonate with me in different ways, depending on what's going on in my life and career. Yeah, so I'm really honored to be a part of this podcast. Before we get too far into this, I do need to point out that in our session today, everything that I say are my words and my opinions. I don't represent the company I work for right now, which is Pfizer, nor I'm not spokesperson for them, nor any other company I've ever worked for. Getting that out of the way. Yeah, so... You described me as friendly and bubbly, and I really appreciate that. I feel like another way to say it could be described as inclusive. Mm I feel that, especially as from a compliance perspective, that people care more Mm -hmm. when they feel cared about Mm -hmm. that awareness, right? So that working, it works for me and as a compliance professional. My compliance career has, you and I have had a conversation about this before that like a lot of people in compliance, they find the very winding path that led Mm. to that. My, My first career was working for a third party vendor, providing a suite of services for HR and payroll. But doing so in that role, I had the responsibility of working closely with, and this was all in the U.S., so it was federal, state, local tax agencies, working with the IRS and the SSA, tracking bills that mm-hmm. were, would impact legislation that would impact our services. Mm-hmm. And I also had like also ventured into the IT and implementation piece of it, some coding and validation. And all of those in that foundational, and I was at that company for close to 20 years, that it really opened my eyes to all the types of things that can fall into the category of compliance. And, you know, the something that you hear a lot of people saying is that compliance belongs to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true. Mm-hmm. There are elements of compliance in everything we do. So at a, there was a pivotal point in my career. I attended an SCCE Academy in 2020, mm-hmm. sorry, 2011 and obtained a certification. And that really solidified my love for compliance. And I followed what you might call like a create your own adventure career because over the last nine, (laughs) it was also based a little bit in fear of missing out, but a little FOMO (laughs) also too. (laughs) I'll talk, yeah, I'll talk to somebody. I'll go to a conference or you and I have had conversations. I'm like, that sounds great. I want to do that (laughs) because it is. So it's like, I find the, I find our, the profession to be so varied, whether it's what you do or the industry or the location mm-hmm. scope. So the last nine years, I've done exactly that. I've had regional, international scope. 
I've been in all sorts of different industries. I do have to say that anti-bribery is probably one of my favorite. And I'm going to... This is embarrassing, but I had like a professional crush on Tom Fox because <laughs> of his FCPA. So this sounds corny, like totally professional, though. I don't want to sound like a weirdo. But then just then just other things, policy. You and I have had conversations about policy and training, mm-hmm. communication. Um, and then most recently, I was doing some SOX compliance and controls. And now I'm doing acquisition, post-acquisition mm-hmm. implementation. So I've had a lot of fun and I've learned so much along the way. And it just... Everything I do, every time I talk to someone or I read an article or I listen to one of your podcasts, I'm like that, like I just love, it it reinforces my love for compliance and makes me thinking about, okay, what's next for me or what's next for the profession? What's next for colleagues and friends? So Mm -hmm. it's really, it's been a, it's been a really, yeah, definitely create your own adventure. Awesome. I love that. And I like that you've been pretty deliberate about choosing things and giving different areas a try as well. You lose nothing for having a foray. In fact, I think you look more attractive as you build a profile with lots of different areas that you've practiced in. I will definitely be flagging this episode to Tom Fox. He does tend to listen to everything as it is as our producer, but I want to make sure that he does not that comment. I'm such a big fan (laughs) of Tom's as well. Like he literally taught me half of what I know substantively. Yeah. Yeah, so he's going to love this. Thanks for sending the elevator back down to our dear Tom. And (laughs) you mentioned that you transitioned to a new role, and we will absolutely get to that in a moment. But first, I'd love to hear a little more about your last position because it it was a niche subject in in many respects, and it focused on SOX compliance, which some of us Mm -hmm. may not have as much expertise in. So I'd love if you would share with us a bit about that experience and critical things one needs to be aware of of when life is all about SOX compliance. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's it's funny because I have had a lot of conversations with people because SOX is normally considered more of a finance chance function. But the role that I had was really where I was L2 support. So I was the intermediary, if you will, in the business and audit, both internal and external. And it was really great because it was a great opportunity to help help my business partners create a really good, strong compliance framework. There were elements, there were trainings, annual trainings. There was working with them on their SOPs, working with them on the why Mm. behind the controls, and then working with the business so closely and being, forcing that compliance perspective for them Mm. that when when anytime that there was an audit, I was able to I was able to walk the line between both because I had a great relationship with my business partners, had great relationship with the auditors, and was able to insert myself and help navigate anything that may have needed more explanation. Also, to like the wonderful thing, I know a lot of people. I feel bad that sometimes people's first reaction about auditors is ooh scary auditors, but mm. the the auditors that I worked with were really great, and their our whole the end game and everything we did was to make sure that the the company was per- protected, the people, the processes, that things were happening the right way. It wasn't mm-hmm. what he had that gotcha mentality. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it was partnership. Let us understand best practices. This is the auditors would come in and they'd say, "This is what we've learned from when you know them being in their audit space. They can come through." funnel it through me. I talk to the business. We, and ultimately it's just a better 
processes, a more robust control framework. Just and just like taking the time to fortify that compliance mindset, and like I said, understanding the why behind everything. So I've been very, I've been very lucky too that to work with a great group of stakeholders, very receptive, very forward thinking. A lot of times, you, a lot of companies are trying. How do we do it faster, better? And then I'd always be like, and compliant, stay compliant. My partners would do that. They would focus on that. They're fully engaged and wanting to be efficient, but then dedicated to that compliance mindset. And a very, it was three and a half years and it was really great group of people that I had a chance to work with. Super. Sounds like a lot of fun. And so we will look at that a little glance in the rearview mirror, but now fast forward to the present. You're now in the mergers and acquisitions space. What are your key takeaways compared to other compliance positions? Sure. This is so. I've only been here for five. I'm in my fifth week right now. Fantastic. <laughs> so it's uh, fresh eyes. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it though. So this is. If anybody's interested in mergers and acquisitions mm-hmm. and want to learn more about it, I highly recommend that they do. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's such a fascinating space to be in. Mm-hmm. Pre pre-acquisition due diligence or the space that I'm in, like you said, the post-acquisition implementation. What I am finding is that the work is different from the past roles that I've had, but it's still all the basic ground rules, compliance that can be applied. You alluded to this earlier, Mary, where you know it's changing scope and changing industries, you don't lose what you knew. It's right. really good. So treat it like a treat everything like a little mini compliance program. Not embedded in the I'm currently not embedded in like corporate compliance, but I still have my book of work requires policies, mm-hmm. oversight, monitoring, all mm-hmm. of that being ready. Mm-hmm. And then of course partnerships is all partnerships is key. Growing the business, that kind of thing. And one thing that I've been charged with is working on a playbook. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I don't know, Mary, if you and I haven't had a chance to talk about this, but Mm -hmm. I feel like every company, like that's the magic phrase right now. Like every company wants (laughs) any playbooks. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, So it's, but it's a lot of fun because the playbook has all of that is the playbook is your compliance program right on on the scale of whatever mm-hmm. activity you're doing i'm working on that i'm trying all sorts of different things right now i have a 57 tab excel mm-hmm. spreadsheet that i'm just like oh and then i need to add this and i need to add wow. that wow the, yeah, that might be a slight exaggeration. It might only be like 40 tabs, but it's it's growing <laughs> only in these. But it's but it, it's really exciting, and it's seeing it kind of, seeing it come together, mm-hmm. having my hand and having my hand in it, and then I have a great team, wonderful stakeholders, very supportive, foundation, very supportive. So it's been it's been really great. It's been a really great couple of weeks so far, and I'm looking forward to it. Super. When you mentioned playbook, I think you're absolutely right. It's a kind of thing that is highly valued. Everybody wants one in in the various little spaces. And so if you are a a young go-getter, or necessarily young, if you just are a go-getter and you want to do something that adds value and brings you positive attention, if there is not already robust documentation that essentially creates a playbook, that is an excellent way to go about advancing yourself within your organization and getting the right kind of attention shot on you as a proactive value-add team player. For sure, for sure. And it's just, especially too, with everything happening in businesses, basically at the speed of light, that playbook is a quick, it's not, it's not quick to create the playbook. Don't get me wrong. It's <laughs> yeah. one of those, there's, but it's one of those things that like, you can say, here's, here's the thing, explains everything. So if you're trying to, okay, because, because your playbook, you want to have 
how do you, what are the metrics you measure? How do you communicate? Where is the everything, the soup to nuts? Mm-hmm. And so it's real. So if you design it in a way that keeps everybody on track, achieves the strategies, and you can tease out metrics that mm-hmm. speaks to whatever bottom line you're looking at. And it just, it's a valuable tool. And then, and I'm a big fan, like work smart, not hard. So if mm-hmm. I can and create one giant thing that does everything for me, then I would much mm-hmm. rather have, I'd much rather do that than have 57 different, oh, you got to go here for this and there mm-hmm. for that. So de- design comes in how you design it, but got to start somewhere. So I started mm. with opening Excel. <laughs> wow. You can tell that you're not a lawyer because that gives me the shivers. I would absolutely not be <laughs> starting in Excel. I'd be avoiding it like the plague. So absolutely. you know what? This actually gives me an idea. You know, it would be a really cool article would be you publishing something, writing about your experience, creating a playbook and giving tips to other organizations on how they might go about Ooh. creating one. Can I steal that idea? Yeah. Cause I'm not going to talk about making things in Excel. <laughs> Okay, full transparency, I do go on to online help on how to do things in Excel. Oh my God, you're so kind to to reassure me on that. That's so sweet. Yeah, I've often called Nick Gallo and been like, oh, it's moved out of the cell. How do I put something, how do I make my cell open again? (laughs) Yeah, phoning a friend, Google to help you with Excel. That is the way forward. Oh my God. I know. And I see people on LinkedIn, they're like, I just got a certification through Excel. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. I just need someone to show me how to do a VLOOKUP. I just need my VLOOKUP to not come up with hashtag value. There is nothing worse Ah. than an unexpected hashtag in your Excel. And then try to get rid of it. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. And second, full transparency, I almost said pound sign. Oh, that's intriguing. I did date myself. Yeah. Uh, we never used that term in New Zealand at all, but I know what you're oh, referring okay. to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag pound sign. Uh, Krista, you're someone who's been successful at moving among industries in your career. What's the secret to being able to do that and not being typecast in one space? Yeah, excellent question. We've already been touching on this, dancing around it a little bit. I would say openness and humility. So the openness, so if you're going to move, you're, you've already made the decision to make that move through the industry, among industries. So just being open to take that challenge, learning, recognizing that you're going to have to learn something new or the new industry but you need to be confident, right? Mm-hmm. You need to be like, I'm going to, I'm taking this on this new challenge on, but I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. So you have to be confident, believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. But the other piece of it is that confidence needs to have a sprinkling of humility or maybe some mm-hmm. more than a sprinkling depends mm-hmm. on who's listening right now. <laughs> There's the, like you, Obviously, you were picked for the job, so don't have imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You've, you know it. You've got the chops for it. Your CV supported it. You interviewed. Mm-hmm. Many times you interviewed. You can do this job, but you, ha- but you have to remember you're at a new, it's a new industry, and it's a new, it's, it's new acronyms, new people, mm-hmm. culture, and not coming in like a steamroller and saying, this is, this is where I, how I was successful, so that's how we're going to do it. It's okay. I appreciate that you have a history of success doing XYZ. So why don't you see how that fits in instead of overtakes or overrides? Yeah, just having to navigate newness. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to reframe things too. Like I've found, because the other thing, Mary, when the switching from like for me among industries, while I'm at one company doing one particular compliance role, 
technology is changing, mm-hmm. rules are changing, mm-hmm. and then like 57 DOJ memos that have come out from like in the last handful of years, there's new refinements. So part of it too is that you have to stay on top, stay, keep your knowledge fresh, keep what, keep what you've learned along the way, and then mm-hmm. figure out how it's all, all of that is going to fit into the new role. That's a great, great rundown for people. And I think you're a fantastic example that it can be done. I think anecdotally, what I've noticed is that it tended to be easier for people to move between industries. When I lived in Asia Pacific, I could see that happening more. And here people tend in the US, that is, sorry, dear listener, if you're not familiar with where I'm sitting, tends to be that people stay in the same industries, not always, but a lot of the time. And so I think you're a great source of inspiration as a US national who tends to do that. Although I do have to question your nationality at this point, because you used the word CV, which makes me think you may have been from a Commonwealth country in a previous life. <laughs> Maybe in a previous life. <laughs> Not this one, though. I'm trying to use I'm trying to use inclusive language, so instead oh, of saying I resume, it. I want to throw a CV out there. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I, so. I now intuitively just say resume, which astounds yeah. me how you can acclimatize to a place and not even realize that you're using language for some time. That's so, funny. That's funny. I also, I had to take a year of Latin in high school, but oh, please don't make me have to say CV in Latin. <laughs> oh, curriculum vitae. No worries there. Can't make an Excel spreadsheet, but I can pronounce CV <laughs> in full. Thank you, folks. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's funny. <laughs> so you're very thoughtful about making compliance accessible and fun. And I think part of that's effortless because you are accessible and fun yourself as a person. Oh, <laughs> but I'd love to hear what, this is like a high bar. So of someone who's naturally into this kind of thing, you must have a lot of great experiences that you've already worked on. So what's the most memorable initiative that you've worked on that was well-received by colleagues? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I will say one thing about that. There is definitely a fine line between making compliance fun and still not a mockery or, or defame the profession. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, yeah. So, it, and yeah, I learned that the hard way. So I don't want to, but it, sometimes you just have to be yourself. So first of all, be your authentic self, goofy, mm-hmm. but I can, but I think people can see that's me. And then I can also still stress the importance of a particular message. And compliance doesn't have to be dry. It doesn't. You could make it as dry as you wanted to, but we've met fantastic people that have really elevated it to, I actually had someone at a prior company who said, you make your job look so fun. When is there an opening? And I'm like, oh my wow. gosh. Like, yeah, that's a big I, I did it. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. But I do have to say, so there's, when I'm given, when you have the opportunity, when there's have any leniency in how you can present the information, that's definitely gives you the opportunity to make it fun enough to stick to the script so much. But <clears throat> I will say that my personal favorite was an ethical hacking training that we did based on cyber attacks or penetration mm-hmm. testing sort of mm-hmm. or hackathons, whatever. This training, we had a group of attendees, we provided a scenario mm-hmm. and they had to they had to poke holes in it and try to make, break the rules. Now mm-hmm. what I thought was really fun is you yeah, is you have people who are expecting to be told to do this. This is the way this is step A, step B, step C. And instead the approach was throw all that out the window. Mm. Where are the gaps? How can you know? Try to steal the money. Try to mm-hmm. try to fraud. Try to do this. Yeah, and it was really fun. It was people were so uncomfortable having to do that. <laughs> it, 
and it was hilarious. Like I actually, I'm like giddy right now remembering it because so it was cute. hilarious. Because can you imagine being in a room with either colleagues or your boss or whatever mm-hmm. you are trying to do the purposefully do the wrong thing, and you have to admit that you're doing the wrong mm. thing. Some people, some people were just like, I don't feel comfortable doing this. I'm like, just go mm. with it. Like, Cause if you try to actually do it, we'll catch you. So mm. just, mm. just take it. So it was, and it, and it was definitely some hesitancy, but everybody got into the spirit of the activity and mm. came up with fantastically creative ways to mm. circumvent the rules, mm. which is helpful because then it gives you as the professional, as the compliance professional, you can look at it and say, okay, that's, we have a gap. Let's how I, do we fix it. You just, and that's the whole point of a hackathon anyway. So it was take a look at, take a look at the gaps in the weak point, mm-hmm. not only focusing on what you have in place, really. Mm-hmm. It was eye opening. It was, I thought like, it was so fun. I'd love to do that again here if I can, if I get yeah. the opportunity to do it yeah. again, I would definitely go for it. Yeah. Highly recommend it. And if anybody wants to really put some people on edge, I <laughs> highly recommend it. It's so fun. <laughs> I love this. You knew I was probably going to say that I really love it and I think it can go beyond so one of the things that we often do is get our colleagues to pilot something like have people submit comments on a policy or revision or something so it would be really cool to offer a bounty which is let's be honest probably not going to be cash one of the things that I like to offer if I've just been on a trip home is like New Zealand candy and chocolate because American chocolate tastes like plastic and ours is far superior which is <laughs> nice to try like novel things right mm-hmm. having this bounty of treats and then have and ask people okay like where are our controls lacking? Can you see a way in which someone could be naughty despite this policy and any other controls that we have in place? I just love this, Krista. It would be, it sound, it really does sound fun. I love the pushing people outside of their comfort zone as well, not from a like a masochistic standpoint, but from the, mm-hmm. the angle of, wow, look at compliance being edgy and different and unexpected and like really molding our reputation as being not just like stuffy, boring people, but who are on the cutting edge, who are interested in doing things in a different Mm -hmm. way. I just love this idea. And I knew that you would be a good person to ask. That's super cool. Thank you so much for the idea. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, it was was so much fun watching people try to be bad. Hilarious. And eye-opening too, because there are some people that were just like, great, where's the pen? I'm going to start writing down my devious plot to take over the world. And then other people were just sitting there chewing their fingernails. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. So oh. all right, keep an eye on the one that's got the, the PowerPoint deck of how to break the rules. So. I love it. But you're similar vein here. You've done a lot of work on the training and communication side. And obviously we really, in order to be effective, we need to keep things fresh and different in order for people to pay attention. How frequently do you think is best practice to be issuing ethics and compliance communications from our function? Yeah, how frequently? So here's, so I, uh, part of the thing is I think there's definitely the formal communications, mm-hmm. like at the end of the year, you want to send out your gift policy communication, mm-hmm. standard mm-hmm. stuff. But I see, honestly, though, I feel like when you're not talking about the formal thing, I feel like all the time yeah. is, is the best time. Yeah. And I get that there's, the, I'm sure a lot of people in this space here, you send too much emails, or mm-hmm. this is the 17th training I had to do this year, or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I, I understand what people, I understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Is why, if we can, if, and the formal, and this actually goes back to the conversation, earlier question about the hackathon thing, like the, 
formal communication, formal policy rollout, formal trainings, there's not a lot of leeway in terms of edginess or fun. Mm. Even if you use a vendor that creates fantastic content, unless you have an unlimited budget, you still, you're still in, in, you have to pick, pick five or six things and that's what you're going to do for the year. So what really I think comes in handy is, is just without being over the top about it, but any chance you can get being mm. approachable, creating a safe, safe space. The, so there's an element from training and communication. I think there's an element of pushing So you're pushing Mm -hmm. your content to them. But I think really like the time spent pulling in, offering offering, like compliance coffee hour, just Mm -hmm. do it over over virtual, whatever your virtual Mm -hmm. platform is. Record it, put it on Mm -hmm. a channel to make it available. And then people can, they can, you make it available for them and you make it, you have a consistent, you brand yourself, brand your program. The one thing too, because measuring though is that's, it's harder to measure those stops in the hallway or those coffee talks. So obviously you want to try to figure out how to measure the traffic. And of course, that's easier when you do the formal pushing, mm-hmm. you, know, you send out a communication, how many clicks, how mm-hmm. many clicks in the email, how many people finish their training on time. It is a little bit harder to measure those drive-bys. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one. I think that's really where you're, that's where the money is really. I don't mean like actual financial cash. That's like the, <laughs> yeah, the, the money the shot. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's like the win. It's the one. And when if you're able to get out and interact with your business partners or even people who are not your business partners and still, um, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I remember meeting Mary. I remember mm-hmm. Krista. Yeah, I'm going to, I just saw something sketchy happen. Just reach out because they seemed really nice and they were consistent in their message about wanting to know if anything went wrong. We are delightful. Yeah. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I do, you know what I think though, I think a lot of companies struggle with this just making it consumable mm-hmm. and then do you do it do you do it in little chunks do you do it in one huge one huge wave do you, you know it's tough i think it's i think it's probably i think you probably have to take a look at your company's culture to look at time and then is there any way to embed embed the message okay so there's a town hall right before mm-hmm. the town hall starts can you have a compliance message mm-hmm. today? This month's compliance, this quarter's compliance message mm-hmm. is blah. One, one quick thing, 30 seconds, mm-hmm. but it's that the flashing and popping into people's head as a reminder. Mm-hmm. Got it. I think that's so useful. And this has been such a great episode, Krista. I knew that you would have some really interesting insights and ideas for people. I love actionable ideas. That's at least my favorite part of like podcasts mm-hmm. and things. I don't, actually, I'm curious to know from you, what's your favorite part of when you listen to the podcast? What do you get the most out of? That's, that's a great question because every time I've listened, it's been, it hits me differently depending mm-hmm. on who your guest is, what the topic mm-hmm. is. So it's, I think that actually, so that I guess that's my answer is the versatility or the, mm-hmm. the variance differences. You have such a, you have a great list of folks that have been on your podcast. Great. You're talking about their career, how they, or hurdles that they've, hurdles that they've overcome. I think that's, it's your podcast really is like so relatable because it's the human element and it's, Mm -hmm. and there's, yeah. And I definitely think some, sometimes, and especially if you're from a company that's where you're, you might be the only compliance person. If you're Mm -hmm. a compliance team of one, Mm -hmm. you're two people that you have, that there's that 
feeling of being on an island by yourself. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I highly recommend folks to listen to this podcast because no one's ever, you might be the only person in your company, but guess what? There's hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of us across the world that mm-hmm. would absolutely, one of us has gone through whatever you're going through right mm-hmm. now. Love it. Thank you, Krista. That's all that we've got time for today. The time has absolutely flown by. Thank you so much for your collegiality in the field, how you represent the profession, obviously not representing directly Pfizer today or in the sense of sharing your views, but just how you are a great compliance unicorn for everybody. And <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Right back at you. <laughs> and your expertise and time today. It's so appreciated. Oh, thank you. And thank, thanks very so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. It's and I look forward pleasure. to talking to you in the future. Same here. All thanks, right. Krista. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mary. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review.